This is Napkin Scribbles, a podcast by Arthur and Professor Leonard Sweet. Today's Napkin Scribble is sponsored by Portland Seminary of George Fox University. For more information, join them on the web at portlandseminary.org. Now here's Leonard Sweet. It's been a fun project this summer to work with Lisa Sampson, a novelist, on creating a new publishing company that is going to be publishing my books, her books, and the books that we work on together. It's called The Salish Press. And one of the issues we had to face early on as we started looking at the books that we're writing separately and the ones that we're writing together is how do we standardize some references, and one of the most important of which is do we use B.C., before Christ, A.D., Anno Domino, or do we use B.C.E. and C.E., before Common Era and Common Era? And when I have ventured as a scholar to, in the Christian community to use B.C.E. and C.E., it sometimes gets met with some criticism that I'm selling out to the culture and and um, I'm, I'm abandoning the witness that before Christ and and A.D. Anno Domini Domino um, means and I want to kind of give you a reason why I think all of us uh, except when we're totally writing just for each other and expect nobody else to read it ought to use BCE before Common Era and Common Era and not BCAD. And very simply, it is that BC means before Christ, AD means the Latin translation is in the year of our Lord and Master. Now, I can say that. I love to say that. And I say that with conviction and with uh, confidence but when I am expecting other people to read and to say that, then I think I am being a little imperious and even imperialistic about my expectations. And this is a world increasingly that is no longer a Christian culture. We cannot expect people to identify themselves as Christians, to think of themselves as Christians, to understand Christianity. The best we have are Christian moments. Every now and then we get a Christian moment. The culture has a Christian moment. It's like, But it's like coming down with, for the rest of the world, it's like coming down with an infection or a virus or something. Oh, they had a Christian moment. Because this is a culture, increasingly, that uh, that is multi-religious, the largest fastest-growing religion is, are the atheists um, who are um, growing by leaps and bounds and want to be seen as a religion in and of themselves. And, um, and it is a not just a multi-faith world where do we really want Muslims and, and, and Hindus and, and atheists expect them to write B.C. and A.D.? And and the, the, the dangers to their own souls when they start identifying moments in time as in the year of our Lord and Master? I, uh, really? 
But it's also increasingly a, not just a post-Christian, but an anti-Christian world. And we just need to see this, admit this. This is the summer of 2020. In one weekend this summer in Boston, two Catholic churches were set on fire. And two statues of the Virgin Mary were damaged. These are all different locations. So you had four vandalisms and arsons of of, of churches just in one city, Boston. Uh, you could go and get the same story replicated in Florida, in Los Angeles, in San Francisco. Um, the physical attacks on Christians in France just this summer have quadrupled. And you have more and more people asking to be debaptized. I never even heard of that. But they they want to totally debaptize and want want the state to have formal records of their withdrawal from any kind of Christian community or identity. Only four percent of self-identifying Catholics in France attend Sunday Mass. Uh, I, I could keep going um, about how many places of worship are desecrated daily, um, and and. It's it's the average is I think three places of worship a day, and that doesn't include cemeteries and statuaries. What one of the most respected philosophers in the world today is Thomas Nagel. He was at New York University, taught all of his life, and he had this to say in his "The Last Word" that he he wrote, and he said, "I want atheism to be true and." and made uneasy by the fact that some of the most intelligent and well-informed people I know are religious believers. It isn't just that I don't believe in God and naturally hope that I'm right in my belief. It's that I hope there is no God. I mean, I mean this is an aggressively assertive uh, anti-Christian culture, and it's going to get more so. And if you think that the church is going to hang on to its uh, tax-exempt status for long, um, you're, you're you're sucking on your own balloon juice, church, because the handwriting is on the wall. And this all came home uh, this summer as I was uh, listening to some conversations about um, where do kids want to get married today? And these are church kids. These Even church kids don't want to get married in church. I mean, did you know that? I mean, I had no idea. I, I thought it, church was still a, a favorite venue for kids to get to get married. And here's here's a, a church kid brought up in the church when suggested that well, you could why can't you get married in our church? The response was you. That is so lame and old. As of 2017, only 22 percent of Americans had their wedding in a religious house of worship which was down from 41% in 2000. 30% now say they don't want a religious funeral when they die. I mean, that's how far things have gone. In Alabama, which when I think of Alabama, I think of a, a very devout state, by and large, with still a Christian witness and, and resident memory. To, to, to get married there, there's no ceremony, no witnesses. You sign your name, pay the state for the certificate, and you're legally married. You don't have to have any ceremony at all. Nobody marries you. You just you marry each other when you sign the document, get it notarized, and pay the state the money. I mean, this is, 
this is uh, unbelievable where, how far we've come. And I was thinking of the, 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 the novel, The Woodlanders by Thomas Hardy, where the, one of the plot lines revolves around a wedding that will not take place if the girl can't be married in a church. And her, her fiancé doesn't want a church wedding. She says, if I don't have a church wedding, I'm not marrying you. And so finally, he finally sub he does submit to a church wedding eventually. But this is how far we've come from, I don't care how much I love you. If I can't get married to church, we're not marrying to you. That's so lame and so old. So, sisters and brothers, this is the new mission field. This is the new mission field on which we will labor, which we will write, um, which we will reach and evangelize. There's no culture Christians anymore. If you go to church today, especially if you're young, it's because you want to be there and you will sacrifice. You will pay something to be there. The days of the disengaged Christians are over. This is a culture that is very different than the one that some of us have grown up in and come out of. We better get used to it. And we better find out how to be in this world, not of it, but to not claim any kind of privileged status for Christianity by using the B.C. and A.D. For me, all of history hinged and revolved. The axis of history is the birth of Christ. Hence, for me, as a person of faith, B.C. and A.D. in the year of my Lord and Master makes all the sense in the world. But I am not going to impose that profession of faith on this world. Hence, the Salish press will use the nomenclature of BCE, before common era, and CE, common era. It's a whole new world out there, and God loves that world. Thank you for listening to Napkin Scribbles. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with a friend today. Today's Napkin Scribbles was sponsored by Portland Seminary of George Fox University. For more information, join them on the web at portlandseminary.org. For Professor and Arthur Leonard Sweet, until next time, happy scratching and scribbling.